You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Bracha. If it's Sunday morning, this must be Rizchad Araisa. I'm Avram Kivalevich, and I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofer. The day after Independence Day, America... Do you want to burn the flag? Excuse me? Do you want to burn the flag? A flag? I'm, I, I was looking for one, actually. I went to the store of Shabbos, and I was looking for There's a flag. A burn one. Excuse There's me? Oh, you there want... were a lot of Maduras, a flag Maduras yesterday. <laughs> People were burning flags yesterday? I don't know. Yeah. I... Well, it definitely was an unusual July 4th, and definitely we uh, didn't speak enough about perhaps where America is holding now. I think we have did a, enough on that. But last week, Rabbi Yosef, we, you, you promised that you would be um, open to discuss some changes, and maybe uh, in this time of renewal, we can talk once again about what we don't like about the system. Um, I mentioned last week, for those who did not tune in, uh, the article by David Denby, which got me thinking that why in yeshivas is there such a prejudice against people who had perhaps had other vocations who are coming back in an older age to be able to come and join the yeshiva, not just be in some old men chabura, but actually join the yeshiva with the great Magide Shir. Instead of it being only for the youth, just like Rabbi Kiva himself, 40, 50, 60 year olds, 70, 80 year olds, if they are able to, should be able to join the yeshivas and be part of them. Uh, even though they're not going to be crafted and formed and they're not going to be molded in the same way that the other students are, but there should be some option for them. There should be a way to come back and not only recharge your batteries, but even more than that, to be able to gain perspective. People put off learning for years, and now they should be able to come back and there should be real vibrant programs for them. So that's what we were going to speak about. But then right before Shabbos, uh, Rav Yosef sent me uh, an article uh, which was a letter to really one of my, uh, a person that I really love a lot, a uh, person that should be, Yerbuk HaMoyseh Yisrael, I think you agree, Rabbi Yosef, Rav Moshe Tzariyo, I think is, is real, is for, is, he was, he was Moshe Weiss, but he of course is uh, one of the uh, uh, key Rabbonim and Sadikim of the, uh, uh, I, I would say the Prolific Dati. authors. Pro- prolific authors. Prolific Rav Tzariyo is incredibly prolific. But really, at Tzaddik, if you really read uh, his writings and what he dedicated himself to, um, uh, he was an incredible, incredible person, Moshe Tzariyo. And Rav Yosef, you sent me a letter uh, that was written to Rav Tzariyo from a Sephardi Bocher, who um, was clearly in anguish over the fact that he, he felt there was a prejudice against Spartan being accepted in yeshivas. And he wanted, of course, to go to the best yeshiva, just like we were talking about the older people. They want to go to Lake with the Ponovich. They want to go to Hevron. I know it's one of your favorites. To go to a place where the sharp learning is there. And yet he sensed that there was a quota system and that perhaps he had to try harder than someone from an Ashkenazi background. And because he had a Sephardi upbringing and he went to a Sephardi uh, elementary school and a Sephardi uh, yeshiva Tana, he would have a harder time to get in. And Rav Tzariel, uh in a very moving letter, 
uh, described how important Midas and their Heretz was. And despite the fact that he might end up in a yeshiva that isn't so high class, top A, he would be better off going to a place that appreciated him, a place that's full of Midas Tevis. I think that's pretty much the Thompson's of the letter, the way I understood it. So basically what we have is uh, a system in Eretz Israel, perhaps in America as well, even stronger, where it, the yeshivas are prejudiced against accepting and taking back certain people. So, Rav Yosef, what do you suggest, other than me and you starting the greatest yeshiva that has ever been uh, seen on this planet, what else can we do? I give little hope to anything to be done. I'm not sure there is anything to be done. Uh, I make a shot in this, which just occurred to me as you were talking, uh, which is that um, I, I don't know if I ever told you a story about how I got in trouble in Yisrael on one Friday night. I came back from this one time in my two years in there, so I went to Rabbi Ruderman's house Friday night, Friday night. And I came back to the base medrash, and somebody asked me, what were they talking about in the Shiva's table? And I said, Yeshiva Shalosh and Hora, which I meant, you know, which Rosh Yeshiva is, Rosh, which, which Shiva is doing this, what part of Shiva is doing that. You know, basically, you know, Sichas Chulon Shalom Hamidah Chachamim. So somebody heard me. I don't know who it was. And somebody snitched on me to the Mashgiach. And I said, use the Loshan, Yeshiva Shalosh and Hora, to, talk, to express what was being talked about at the Rosh Hashiva's table. And I didn't really mean it in any derogatory or denigrating sense. It was just, you know, a way, uh, an expression. So the, the Mashkiah came to me, and he did say a fascinating thing. You know, he didn't rebuke me. That wasn't his style. What he said is that uh, one has to understand that in, uh, I shouldn't say he didn't rebuke me. He didn't shout at me. He said that in any yeshiva, the Rosh Hashiva must be on a pedestal. The Rosh Hashiva is not on a pedestal. The yeshiva falls apart. It's axiomatic, and I guess perhaps can be demonstrated to history. That Rosh Hashiva does not have a, a space. Uram me'om, the yeshiva's identity is damaged, and the yeshiva cannot function as effectively. And therefore, even things which might theoretically be true or not meant even to be disparaging cannot be said about the Rosh Hashiva in a way in which other people can hear and misconstrue or distort or lose to some extent their image of the Rosh Hashiva Now there's much merit to what he said. There is legitimacy to what he said. I don't know if I would be comfortable with running Yeshiva in such a way, but I'm not I, I understand where he's coming from. And this is a, and this is basically a problem in not having a monolithic homogenous yeshiva. If you have a heterogeneous not, uh, uh, yeshiva, which is uh, uh, much more eclectic in accepting people, you're going to end up with people who don't put the Rosh Yeshiva of the yeshiva and the system of that Rosh Yeshiva at the pinnacle and on the pedestal of their um, uh, of, of their regard, their esteem, their unquestioned loyalty. And there's certainly going to be tr- true about Farbisna Elta Yin, who have got, run through the, um, you know, the uh, trials and tribulations of their lives, and do not and are somewhat more cynical and some are less trusting, and have no reason necessarily to put the Rosh Hashiva of the Yishim, which they're studying on the same pedestal which younger Bachar puts him, and this can be detrimental and harmful to the uh, proper spirit in the Yishim. Same thing. Which, which so, is true about- I, you know, you, 
I'll tell you, it was my blood is starting to boil over here because uh, you know, I'm, I'm straining to understand you because I'm having a little bit of a problem with my audio. But when you talk about Nerys Roll, I wasn't, you know, you've been chasing me for so long. You know, I went to Nerys Roll, and then you went to Nerys Roll. I went to Skokie, and then you show up in Skokie, and then I started chasing you. But I was in Nerys Roll before you were. Wait a second, wait a second. Before you start, did I, I hope I, I this morning, I, I was, was not intentionally trying to raise you on. I, I do that many times. But this is not intentional. No, no, this definitely raises me on because you're talking about Nair Yisrael, and I still have nightmares about my time there. And I've, I've, uh, I, whenever I have a nightmare and I'm not sure what it's about, I just remember I was probably about Nair Yisrael. Um, so, and I've been on record for this, and actually, it's on on my own principal program. I actually uh, interviewed my my ninth grade Rebbe. So I, I've been uh, struggling with these demons for a long time. But I remember the Rosh Hashiva. Uh, in Nair Yisrael, uh, Rav Rudam and Satzel, uh, complaining that people were not uh, coming to him. And his brother-in-law, Rav Neuberger, was the one who created this idea that the Rosh Hashiva is Moshe Rabbeinu uh, again. That the Rosh Hashiva is someone who uh, no one can even begin to understand his greatness and how tremendous he was. And, of course, I was only in high school when I came there. But I understood that the Rashiva really was frustrated about this, that Rav Ruderman himself was not happy. Uh, maybe he gloried in it at some time. But I think eventually Rav Ruderman realized that this pedestal was distancing him from the Bachram, distancing him from the life of the yeshiva, and it was mummifying him. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know that this is not the model of the yeshivas that we uh, was the Chafetz Chaim that way in Raden, even though he had Rav Toli Trub giving the high yeshir. Do you have a Havamina that the Chafetz Chaim uh, was, obviously there wouldn't be yeshiva Shaloshan Har at his house, but do you think that the Chafetz Chaim was that way with the Bokram? The descriptions I've read of the Chafetz Chaim in Raden are, 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 show a person who was open and loving and caring about uh, about the Bokram. No? Uh, first of all, I, I, I turn off my, my, my videos. I think it's audio is better when the video is off. So yes, you, you, you want me to do that as well? But oh, okay, look. No, no, I just, no, no. I just hope you can hear me better now. Yes, I can hear you a little bit better. So tell okay. me. Uh, so, so, that, so again, I don't have to see your face because I, 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 it's etched in my memory for probably I'd be as Hegelian But my point is, is that yeah, this Nereus Roll version, this, this. <laughs> this version of what a yeshiva is supposed to be, even the snitching, it gets me sick. I want to throw up the guy who overheard you had to go snitch to the bashkiach to call you in. Everything is like, it's spy versus spy, like in the old uh, Mad Magazine, like he's snitching on him and this guy's going on this guy and this guy's ready to hit you with a with, with, with a big hammer on your head. Again, it's all such, I can't stand hearing about it, about the uh, about this type of hanhoga. Uh, again, it's served, maybe it served Nerius Roll well. I don't think so. I think there's many people who came out of Nerius Roll. My Chevra, an older than my, who came to the Mir Yeshiva, that was the Yeshiva. They were some impressed, right? Because the freedom, the openness, the ability to learn in a broader way. So uh, if you're going to take Nerius Roll as, 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 you think that's the standard motif? Maybe that's the way it is in Nerius Roll. I don't know. And Mir Yeshiva was not like that. Um, I think it's true about all the American yeshivas. I think it's true about if you go to Lakewood, the four Russian yeshiva are on a pedestal. If you go to uh, 
if you go to uh, uh, um, any other yeshiva in America of that type, Chaim Berlin. Um, okay, Chaim Berlin, we've, we've talked about Rav Hutner on this show before. So Rav Aaron Schechter, too. Rav Aaron Schechter. Right, uh, upgelernt, good from the Shemel, you know what I'm okay. saying? So now along comes somebody, some out of year, some Fabitzner out of Garlic Honor, and says, Schechter, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, okay, look, whatever. I'm not saying that he doesn't, the person shouldn't be schmoozed with. Obviously, anybody you take into your building, especially in today's crazy time, you vet them a little bit. But there should be a way that, that this Yid who knew how to learn, who, or a, a, a guy who, who left, who was in Kailo for a couple of years and had to, and then had to go into the business world, or a guy who had a, who was one of the best kids in the high school class, but never uh, accomplished as, as, as a Rebbe and a Magadjur, now wants to go back and learn. There should be a way to allow them back totally and completely. And I'm, there's plenty of there's plenty of people without jobs who would make good magid shear for them, and they don't have to be the same sort of imperious, uh, uh, you know, higher, holier than thou, up on Mount Rushmore of yeshivas teaching to them. Uh, and I think they so would that's make. Not mainstream then you don't want to mention yeshiva for them. You want special yeshivas for them. I, I think the mainstream yeshivas should, first of all, the mainstream yeshiva should, should streamline to be able to have those people to come. And if there's a guy who's tzugapast for the Rosh Hashiva year, let, let, let him be there. Um, learning, look, Ravina was older than Ravashi, but he was machni himself. Throughout Shas, the dogma we have from Shas is the opposite uh, of this. The dogma we have in Shas is it's a meritocracy. There's Rabbi Akiva. There's younger learning. There's older learning from younger. Um, in terms of Sfardim and Ashkenazim, okay, Avada. Look, we see in the Yerushalmi, especially, that both me and you are, are, are learning now and teaching. Uh, they didn't like the Babylonians too much, you know. Bavloyim, they, they ranked them out. They're, they're putting them down. But at the same time, they're still quoting them. They're still part of it. I'm not saying that the class... Uh, the class uh, essence of uh, a Frank, a Svardi, uh, is ever going to become completely eliminated. But there should not be the sense that the yeshiva only basically caters for the Ashkenazi crowd. Um, but I, I, listen, I don't disagree with you. But I'm telling you, I, I think we're on the same page, and that's why we're outliers, uh, because uh, our uh, perspective is it should be a meritocracy. There is, the yeshiva system is nowhere near a meritocracy. The people who rise to the top, you got the Magidi Yeshiva and the Rosh Yeshiva. It's nothing to do with merit. Mostly it's to do with nepotism, occasionally with protection. So the point is that in su- such an atmosphere, you, you want to take the Svaradim, the Dr. Mizrach, who's, uh, who are loyal to, uh, ultimately to Rav Avadiyah or whoever else, uh, the Rebordech and then you put them into mainstream Yeshiva and say, now, from now on, you're in a system where Kosel Reva Kadesh applies either to Rabbi Steinman or Applies to 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 Rav Yoshev or Chaykanevsky, or applies on the other hand to some, you know, uh, I don't know, Safin has the issue today, who the part for the pantheon of heroes are, but uh, to that, and, and it doesn't mesh well in many often uh, in many cases. Look, you know, meshing who's on the pedestal. If they're not the same people on the pedestal, how's the issue going to work? Yeah, I, okay, there's two beginners here, I think, Rabbi Yosef. The pedestal issue is is, is, is also, I, I, I think, making anyone into a getchka is wrong. The second thing is we're you're talking about... The, you're, this, out of, you're out of sync with your times. Okay. The second thing is in terms of the idea of meshing. We know yeshivas are a messy thing. 
part of what makes learning Gemara tremendous is that there isn't uniformity. There's a lot, you know, you're a Shmuel Nachmei, like the Maritzchia says, although I think he's wrong about this, that you have a Shmuel Nachmei, he's Mr. Agadita, right? And then you have someone else, he's, he's this way, right? The, the Abarbanel and Nachlas Ovis speaks about how all, each one of the Tanoyim had a different uh, sug, a different shita, a different mahalach and learning. I think that the uh, yeshiva is richer and, 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 and it, it becomes a, a place that's really of intellectual ferment and, and, and a place, and we know both, we know that to be true. Um, Rev Avram, the reason why, the reason why we, we, the two of us, left most of the places where we left is because we were threats. The threat, especially in the, that place. Okay, in, look, we, listen, we, we were in a place, place of a bunch Chicago, of... That should not be named. Ultimately, you know, there were threats to that person of low stature and demeanor. And uh, the uh, uh, this is a problem. If you bring in a, a bunch of Skanim or a bunch of Spartan, it becomes a threat to them because it, because it's foreign. It's different. It, it's not. It, it's not going to. They won't be able because again, it's not a meritocracy, and they're not at the top of the pyramid because they necessarily they are the top scholars of the generation. You bring in something which changes the system, it makes them very nervous, especially if they don't make money off of it. Well, the truth is, you know, again, it, it, we talk about what's going to be post-corona. We talked last week at the end of this year, you talked about having uh, the yeshiva the way you wanted to set it up. I, I think post-corona, there is going to be a little more thinking and thought about how these things are going to work. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be business as usual. And, and, and we need, I believe, again, I don't know who's going to be listening to this show, if it's going to make a difference. Uh, we are getting a lot of listeners. We are getting people who are, who are excited and interesting, interested in what we have to say. But it's not, I'm not, it's, it's not an ego trip. I, I really believe that if there's some way that we could break this, uh, the, the, you know, I always tell people, Gamara is such an incredible uh, product that you really got to be a terrible salesman to butcher it. Yeshiva learning, what Gemara does, the excitement of, 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 of Haravanya Nasugya, uh, it, it's the great equalizer. And to bring the, the adults in, to bring the people from different Musagim in, look, I, I think what we're, uh, I'm, I'm ru- we're running around in a circle here, but I think there's got to be a way that we that maybe through an essay that Bechoffer writes, maybe through uh, the book that Kivalevich finally uh, gets to, maybe there's going to be a way that the message is somehow the bell is going to be rung, and and and, and there will be a, a sense of 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 openness, a sense of broad-mindedness, and and, and a lack of period levavos. I think that could that could really happen when people know that one know how the great wonder of what the yeshiva is. I, I just it reminds me, um, you, you know, I, I forgot what the, the name of the yeshiva is. That I'm sure our listeners will remember. Uh, but there was in, in New York, um, there was a, you know, the Mir Yeshiva. Uh, Shmuel Birnbaum Zatzal uh, loved Sfardish Abacharim. I don't know if you know that. He actually uh, took in a, a number of Sfardim. It's more about Rom Kamenovich. What? It's more about Rom Kamenovich. Was that so? Okay. Maybe yeah. I, I, all I know is I know the Sfardish Chevra, the Moroccan Chevra, uh, they considered Rav Shmuel their Rebbe. And um, I think they started a yeshiva called Ateret in, in, in Flatbush. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And, and and that became the top 
it's right near the mirror. It's a couple blocks away from the mirror in Flatbush. And that became the top Sephardish uh, high school because they couldn't do it in the mirror, but they're going to have uh, their own version. And, and, and you can, a similar thing happened in Eretz Yisrael with Ravadas when he started his yeshiva. Um, listen, do you believe that, that those things were positive? Or do you think that was the only way it could happen? To get sort of this, um, to get sort of the best, let's get, let's make a Sephardi yeshiva, only Sephardi, but we're going to learn in the Litvisha derech, and we're going to have like the Litvisha look, the Sephardi, we're going to have the black and white, it's going to look like Litvox, but it's only, we're only going to take Sephardi, and we're going to be this, this, uh, this Harvard of yeshivas, which I think, again, Ateret was that way, and I think, uh, Rav, uh, Rav Adas and others in Eretz Yisrael, do you think that's the Yetzah? I think that's the only thing which is going to work. I think that's the reality. Because of strict quotas and Spartan regular Shivas, that's why you have to have an Atarat around. I see. You, you know, it, it's so f- incredible. I mean, I'm going to, I'm giving a shear tonight, um, which I've been working on, the Rambam, or, Ramban versus Rambam, which will be up on, on, the, on, the, on the site as well. Uh, and I'm not the first one to, to notice this, but so much of the intellectual ferment of the Rishonim, is the, the the brilliance, the godless, the the, the philosophical insights. It's all from the Chochmei Sfard in North Africa, and if you want to throw the Rambam in as well, um, and, and and I know Chochem Avadia Zatzal used that as a, a as a as a rallying cry to get Chevra to be to be more excited about uh, about their heritage, but but how can we turn our back? It's almost like you know the old joke about Vuskana Frank and Rambam. It's 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 horrible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, okay. here we are. Here we are being Yoinik from the ancestors of mm-hmm. uh, of the same people that we are shunting off to the side. It is it, yeah. it, on one hand we're, we're sucking at the breast of of of, of the great Chachmei Sfard, the Ramban, the Rambam. On the other hand. The people who came from, who come from the places, whose parents and grandparents come from the places where they were from, <laughs> as if they don't count. It seems to be an, a, a terrible irony. Um, maybe th- there should be a, a <laughs> Sparty Lives Matter as well. I hate saying it because I'm not being Madonna, but I think there needs to be something like that as well, no? I agree. Okay, I think we have to stop here. All right. I think that's about it, but maybe perhaps the movement will begin. So, yeah. that's it this week. Chevra, uh, we'll Mirza Hashem hopefully be back next week with another edition of Rizcha De'Aisa. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.